Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our 2023 NFL season preview. I'm Chris Patrick, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Michael Benjamin and VSP Tallman. What is going on, fellas? What up? What up? I had to bust out the David Boston for this one. You know we had to go with the throwback. Man, it's football season. I just can't wait to dive into this one. Tallman, what's good, man? How are you feeling? Hey, what's up, guys? I... In my mind, I was like, "Did is he about to say David Blau jersey?" So you said David, <laughs> and then I was like, "Blau!" But not uh, yet, not yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's this time of year. Uh, football season is the best time of year. So let's go. You know, I thought the same thing when he started that off too, and then I thought, like, wow, that'd be real. That'd be a lot to get a David Blau jersey. That's also a throwback jersey. Like that would be a task just to do that. But man, love it. Glad to be here. This is the stream you have all been waiting for. This is the stream where we kind of look at reflecting on last season, looking at this season coming up, breaking down some of the moves that were made. Most importantly, talking some fantasy football. And along that vein, we do have a very special guest, and it's an absolute privilege to have him joining us, Mr. Shevin Nooney from Dynasty Rewind. What's going on, man? Boys, it is always a pleasure to hop on with you guys. You know you're my favorite podcast in Arizona. Love everything that you guys are doing. David Boston was actually a question on the dozen the other day. So shout out Mike for having that jersey, man. That's huge. I had no idea. I had to ask a San Diego Chargers fan, but that's pretty awesome. You know what, Chev? I was so disappointed because I played that one okay. and I missed it the first time. So I had to use the double up and I was like, I can't believe I missed the David Boston question. But hey, hey. we got to represent. You know how it is. Hey, as long as you got it, that's all that matters. Don't matter if it's a double up, a triple up, quadruple up. You got that green light. So that's good. Yeah, man. So. I want to go ahead and just dive right into it. Like I said, we got a big full slate here and a lot to talk about. So let's start from the back and work our way to the front. So last year, guys, 2022, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. It was a pretty close one, a shootout, 38 to 35. I'll go around the horn here and ask you first, Mike, what are some of your thoughts on last season and, and reflecting on that year? I mean, you have your highs with the Super Bowl itself. What a great game. What a great finish. The pass interference was correct. I think the biggest sad part for me was the Tallman ticket not hitting because that was our closest one, man. We had some crazy legs within that, like 87.5 over for Travis Kelsey. All these eight legs were hit, and all we needed were the Eagles to follow through, and unfortunately, we didn't get it. But Tallman, I know we're going to get some this year. But as far as the Arizona Cardinals, we know what's happened and we know the entire regime change and the culture shock that's really going through this team right now. And it was great to see what happened in that first preseason game. We know it's preseason, but anytime you can see a two minute drill come to fruition, you got to love it. But, you know, bye bye Cliff Kingsbury, bye bye Steve Kime and on to a fresh start. I love it, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's a whole new year, whole new realm of possibilities. Chev, uh, for those watching uh, either live or watching back, they might not know you're a Chicago Bears fan, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't have to worry about the 2022 season. I will say that. And playoffs were not even close to our minds. The only thing on my mind this last year was, Justin Fields, please just do not have a big injury happen to you. 
Luckily, we escaped. He didn't have any super massive injury. He did have a little nicks and crannies here and there, but didn't have to worry about it at all. But the playoffs, they were fun. They brought a lot of different things that we did not expect to see. Zeke playing center. That was not something I saw, and it was not on my bingo card for last year. So that was really fun. But, you know, a lot of teams made some waves. We had the Giants. We had the Jaguars getting in there, making some making some, some things happen against some top-seeded teams. So it, it was a good year. It was a fun year. You know, you love seeing the Super Bowl being in Arizona. Won't be happening for a while. But, you know, somebody won more games than the Cardinals in their own home stadium. So that is just ridiculous to me. But it won't be happening this year at least. I feel like you did this last year too, Chev. Why you got to keep bringing it up, man? My goodness. Hey, man, we got to keep it real. I know y'all keep it real in here. So I, I feel like I had to bring that stat up just so we know we're starting at the bottom. I mean, there's no much farther we can go down than a, an opposite team winning two games in your stadium. We're going to the top now. There's no way we can go past that. That's the way I look at it. That's a that's a good optimistic take that I can I can really get behind. Uh, as far as like the Super Bowl being in Arizona, it's a great host city. It always pairs well with the Waste Management Open, and it's a real fun weekend. So I wouldn't I, have they said yet if it's going to be back here in like four or five years, or is it they haven't projected out that far yet? Yeah, I don't think it's out that far quite yet. Gotcha. Well, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised uh, when we, our name comes back in the next 10 years or so. Okay. But Tallman, um, he might have uh, let the dogs out, but uh, what have you seen uh, last season that you liked? Yep, the dogs are secure. Don't worry. Um, last season, oh, uh, besides just the extreme amount of heartbreak from losing too much money on betting on NFL and oh, and then uh when Chev just mentioned uh, what the playoffs, he said the Giants. And then I just remembered how the Giants beat the Vikings and totally destroyed <laughs> another one of the Tomlin tickets. But, I mean, I don't have much takeaway from last last season except for that great game in the Super Bowl. It was an awesome game between two teams. Um, some more heart, heartbreak there from a betting standpoint, but no one cares about that. That's my own problem. Um, and then also in Arizona, too. Wow, the city was just exploding in that week week and a half span um the only thing i keep hearing about is when is when are the philadelphia fans going to stop bitching about the field at state farm <laughs> stadium they they're still tripping um but hey it's time to move forward like he said we're starting at the bottom it's only up from here hey, gannon said the field's fine so they need to they need to zip it everything's good copacetic now uh, just kind of my, some of my last thoughts on, on last season, and, and maybe you guys can chime in. I think one thing that really surprised me is how poorly Buffalo performed in the playoffs. I mean, after having a 13-3 and regular season to then barely um, squeak by in their first round, beating Miami and then losing to Cincinnati 27-10, to just kind of rough because Josh Allen is supposed to be – he's being crowned. He's one of the top-tier uh, new-age quarterbacks in the league. I, I – expect that buffalo will continue to see that success but should they still be looked at in like that high regard of top tier teams i mean i would say so i still think they're one of the top contenders in the afc for sure i mean the afc is so stinking tough this year it's going to be an absolute gauntlet for whoever makes it to the super bowl they're going to have to play some of the best teams in the nfl i mean there's a few teams in the nfc that are going to compete but every single week like the Jets, their schedule is just ridiculous how many great teams they're going to have to play and beat this upcoming year. 
and all those divisions are so good. So I think the the Bills are still really good. I think they're a good football team. I think they win their division. But Josh Allen and the Bills, I mean, barely beating the Miami Dolphins with a quarterback that shouldn't even be starting in the NFL any time in the playoffs, I don't think. And then they go and lay an egg in Cincy. It's not a good look. They had a lot of stuff going on, so I, I get it. You know, mine's probably not on everything at that moment about football, but yeah, they laid an egg. It was definitely an embarrassing time to be a Bills fan and just watching that happen. It's got to be tough. It's so much heartbreak for that franchise over their history. If anyone yeah. doesn't know, go do a quick Wikipedia <laughs> search. It's truly tragic. Um, but no, I'm with you there, Chef. I think they're going to be still one of the top tier teams. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike, I wanted to kind of transition here a little bit. Um, you know, talking about last season, the Cardinals went four and 13 and fired Cliff Kingsbury. Now we're going into the offseason and a new season coming up. So there was the draft, a free agency, and some coaching changes. The Cardinals now have hired Jonathan Gannon, former Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. Did they improve our team, the Cardinals, by doing that? By default from getting rid of Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> and Steve Kime, I think you have to say yes. We saw the trajectory that this team was supposed to be going on with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury at the helm. But unfortunately, there was just too many off-field distractions from coaches getting fired, players getting cut, without explanation. And even when you have a main focus with hard knocks in season on your team, we truly didn't know what was going on. So the only thing that you can really think of is it was all bad, right? And when you have that kind of a cancer in your locker room, you got to clean it out and you got to start fresh. And what Monty Ossifor and Jonathan Gannon have set within a presidence for this team, you know, it's hard nose to the ground. We're getting our studying in. We're working all day long. We saw that throughout training camp as well with the practices themselves a little bit later in the day than first thing. And then basically, okay, if you guys want to do film, that's on you. You know, there's accountability that's starting to be set here. And I love the um, addition of Nick Rallis. I know that he's a super young guy, but, you know, Jonathan Gannon is going to be right there to guide him and hold his hand and, you know, put him under his wing to create a, an aggressive defense that where hopefully we can actually get some pressure, which is something that we've struggled with the past couple of seasons. But we already kind of know that it's rebuilding time for this Arizona Cardinals team. But just from what we've heard, you know, the interviews, the people within that franchise right now, it's an exciting time for this franchise and they still have a lot of work to do, but I think they improved mightily over the past, uh, you know, couple months. So, you know, sometimes they say that it has to get worse before it gets better. So uh, you can't look for them to turn it around overnight. I know I'm, I've been uh, hard on Gannon and the Cardinals organization as we've moved through the offseason and really low expectations for this season. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because like kind of Chev was alluding to um, with the Bears, kind of nowhere to go but up here. Uh, Tallman, we saw the New York Jets improve their team. They added Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook. Uh, coming off of a year where they went 7-10 and 10 and were last place in their division, where do you expect them to finish at in 2023? Oh, man. <laughs> you guys are going to disagree with me, but it's okay. Um, I think I think Jets in their division, man, we've already talked about how that division is just so tough. And now that uh, uh, Tua out in Miami did jujitsu, 
jujitsu. Sorry, so he could learn how he could fall, so he doesn't keep getting a thousand concussions a season. Um, you expect them to come back and you know make a splash. It's going to be a tough division. I think the Jets were a legit defense last year, and now it's just incredible what they had with this recent one with Dalvin Cook. I mean, they got Brees Hall back. He just got taken off the pup list. I mean, that offense is going to be night and day from what we saw. And I bet you they're up there at the top of that division. I bet you they're going to be fighting the Bills for first place. Okay. I, lukewarm take. Maybe maybe a hot take on the on the border there. Uh, Chef, we're talking about the Cardinals and the Jets so far. Are there any other teams on your radar that made some significant changes this offseason that you think will elevate them to that next tier, if you will? Yeah, I think the Detroit Lions adding Jameer Gibbs in that offense. I mean, that that offense was already one that was a top five offense in scoring last year. Yes, they had a defense that was so bad that they had to just throw the ball a lot to keep staying in games, but Jared Goff played well enough. I also really love what the Seahawks did, man, adding a lot of playmakers into that offense getting Bobby Wagner back I think that's that's a team that we have to watch out for so I've really liked what they have done I mean they added a cornerback I believe as well into that defense and I think that defense comes out a little bit stout Jordan Brooks is coming off ACL injury and it, it apparently he's coming back in seven months that's what happened he's going to be back playing apparently pretty soon so it's just crazy how good sports medicine is these days but those are two teams that I've really Liked, I like the Detroit Lions, just the trajectory that they have gone to. They've been attacking the offensive line and defensive line, and now they can start to attack some skill positions at linebacker and at running back in certain offense. And Sam Laporta, I love Sam Laporta as well. So they're good. They're going to be a solid team. They're going to be battling it out with the Vikings for that division. So I'm excited for those guys this upcoming year. Even though I'm a Bears fan, it'd be nice to see a little more competition other than just the Packers, which I think they're going to be not as good too. Yeah, Packers losing Rodgers, I feel like, is a pretty big blow for them. And then they weren't even so hot last year. They finished eight and nine, third in the division, just mm -hmm. barely beating out the Bears. And so Lions were, were already second in their division last year. So I could totally see them challenging the Vikings and making a claim there. Um, so we're talking about some of the good, some of the highlights. And Mike, what some of the lowlights of the offseason? Did the Cardinals have any any failures in your mind in how they navigated this last offseason? I think if you're talking about a win now mentality, that's a failure that they did with the free agents and the signings that they failed to really uh, come up with. We know we lost some key pieces with Zach Allen going to the Broncos and Byron Murphy going to the Vikings. But we also know that's just not the plan right now. I know Tallman always talks about how you can't tell your fan base that you're losing. And I totally agree. But us smart Cardinals fans understand what's going on. Just the way that they maneuvered the NFL draft as well, garnering so much capital for next year and possibly putting, you know, two top five picks in their arsenal for 2024. So in regard to truly building out this roster for this season to be really competitive, win some games, maybe, you know, challenge for division crown that was a failure but we know that's just not in the cards right now yeah and tallman i'll kind of along that vein do you think that the loss of zach allen and byron murphy this offseason is going to have an, a, an impact on the long-term success of the cardinals not necessarily just this season yes of course i mean it's impossible to think that they wouldn't because those are two young players 
um, that are growing into the prime of their careers. So they're going to be heavily missed, but I don't have too much of a doubt after we, uh, after we watched homeboy Monty awesome for go through the draft. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to find a way to replace that. And as Mike mentioned, we have that capital we built up after he hit it out of the park during the draft. But I mean, it's, it's, you look at this team on paper, we, you know, we got worse. That was where they went wrong, but we knew this was going to happen because this is, we, we tore it down and it's time to rebuild. But the first thing we have to rebuild is the culture. You got to rebuild culture before you can rebuild the the roster. And last season it was like the inmates were running the prison. So now it's, we got to reset and we start with that culture and that coaching staff. And that's what we're seeing right now. So mm-hmm the improvement on the roster is going to come later as we know. And then NFL is a, it's a one-year turnaround. So if it, if we play our cards right, we can expect this team to be competitive next year. Wrong button. Yeah. All, all in all, not, not the end of the world. I, I kind of agree with you there. And I do like the culture shift that's kind of started with the tutelage of Jonathan Gannon and leading these guys already having guys in the camp saying that it has a much different feel. It's a culture shock. And uh, you heard reports of, you know, guys walking into practice, walking into film study late under Cliff Kingsbury, and they're not really being any repercussions for that, which really surprises me when you're talking about a game being played at the highest level and there's millions of dollars out there on the table for a lot of these players. Um, Chev, I want to kick it to you, though, last year when we're talking about teams that might have failed or came up short. And one specific instance I wanted to pick your brain on, kind of the ongoing turmoil with Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. Do you think that they're kind of fumbling the bag there or are uh, Taylor's requests a little unreasonable? No, I mean, I think you have to pay the guy. I mean, he's been a guy that has just had 1,800 yards not too long ago on the ground. Like, the dude is a stud player for your offense, and you have a young quarterback coming in and Anthony Richardson. With those two together, like, that rushing duo could be absolutely bonkers in the NFL. I don't know how you really stop it if you have that one-two punch because they're just so good at what they do on the ground. I mean, Jim Ursay just saved a whale for $20 million, so congratulations. You just got a whale, but you're missing out on your best player on your team. He's literally the guy that makes that team go, and you're really fumbling the bag. You know, I would love for the Bears to make a push. They have all the money in the world at this point. Adding a running back that has that kind of caliber play, uh, he'd be a, a stud muffin in that offense. But, yeah, I mean, what do you do now? What is the what is the move that Jim Irsay is going to do? Is is Jonathan Taylor just going to sit out and not do much? I know he's a little bit dinged up at the moment, but the, it, the running back position in general has just been a disaster this this last year, and we've seen all the turmoil that has brought. All I mean, Josh Jacobs still hasn't showed up to camp, so I think a lot of these teams are just realizing we can find other dudes, but it's really hard to replace a guy like Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor in your rushing attacks. In my opinion, it's hard to find those talents that can just take over games and be the vocal point of your offense. And that is what we've seen with Jonathan Taylor and yeah, Jimmers. The tweets is just ridiculous. And with the agent, it's just, you don't see that very often. Yeah. It's always uh, some off season drama. You don't see it quite to this extent too often but here at home we did see a little bit of that with kyler murray during his contract negotiations and some funny business in there mm-hmm. uh just really interesting landscape with the running backs right now though you mentioned josh jacobs they were talking about jonathan taylor and even guys like saquon barkley where mm-hmm. they get that to the end of their first contract and then get franchise tagged a couple times and might never get that 
big payday because Mike, it seems like a lot of teams are just kind of looking at this position in in the running back and saying, we can do that. We can run them through their first contract, have them on a couple franchise tags if they show up. And then by the time they're 26, 27, 28, they're pretty worn down. And you can just go out and draft another guy who's 23, 24 to run him into the ground. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something that might need to be addressed in the next like CBA and and have some tweaks to the rules there? Is this just going to be the reality for that position? Unfortunately, I just think it's going to be the reality. I mean, the Players Association can only do so much when it comes down to coaching. They're going to put their game plan together. And, you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen a lot of teams just basically go by committee. And I I, I do agree with Chev in regard to a game changer like a Jonathan Taylor, like a Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Those guys are a dime a dozen. So you have to take care of those guys. But, you know, you look at teams like the Buffalo Bills, who this upcoming year, they're going to be relying on Damian Harris and James Cook. Mm -hmm. And it's not even going to be the focal point of their offense. So you can find success away from the running back position. Plus, we're starting to see all these new young quarterbacks who are mobile can get out of the pocket. And the game has just changed. And it's evolving, you know, right in front of our eyes. And it's a tough thing to see. I mean, we rarely see running backs going in the first round of drafts anyways, but you can try and protect them to the best of your ability, but I don't know how much teeth can really be sunk into what these guys truly deserve at the end of the day, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a it's definitely, definitely a tough situation. I certainly don't have the answers, but you're right. The game is changing, and we see that a lot in the quarterback position, as you mentioned there. Tallman, there are a couple of young quarterbacks that were drafted this year, C.J. Stroud to the Texans and then Bryce Young to the Panthers. Do you expect either of those guys to be part of the the next guard, if you will, of quarterbacks that come through the, the league? Yeah, I like uh, I like Bryce Young. Um, C.J. Stroud, I'm still on the fence about. I don't think he's going to really make it. Um I mean, I like to be proved wrong, so who knows? I'm usually wrong if you ever followed the Tom <laughs> ticket before. Um, so watch me just totally get that backwards. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Panthers might have – man, they they sold the farm for uh, for that first pick to the Bears. And I, I know you were watching, Chev. I, <laughs> I caught that first Bears preseason game, first pass to DJ Moore. Dude took it like 60 yards. Mm. Uh, so that's looking really good for the Bears. But – um, it's going to be tough for them. I mean, whenever you're a rookie and you're starting week week one in the NFL, it's you know it's it's never uh, it's never an easy task. But it's funny that you asked that because if you turn around, if you look at what C.J. Stroud did, what Bryce Young did, compare that to what a one Clayton Tune did. And if you remember, <laughs> McCoy only played one series. And uh, what's the Sean Payton, the crazy guy that's now the Denver Denver Broncos head coach? He had the ones out there. Clayton was playing playing against the ones, and you could argue that Clayton Toon had a better first preseason game than those top quarterbacks that were picked in the draft. That's a, a bit of a gamble there for them, but it, it could pay dividends. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up too, Tom, and so I can kick it over to Chev here. Uh, I, I know, like you said there, DJ Moore, uh, sounds like he had a pretty, pretty nice play there in the preseason game, mm-hmm. but looking at the criticisms being leveled against Justin Fields and kind of how he's been over the past year, do you think, or do you wish rather that they had held on to that pick and gambled on getting Bryce Young, seeing if you could move off of Fields or do you, do you think that you're happy with the way it broke down? No, I'm definitely happy with how it broke down. I, I mean, I still believe Bryce Young and CJ Stroud will have good 
good careers. I mean, CJ Stroud is in a rough spot. Your team trades away the first round pick and some more assets to go get a defensive player. You look at his team that's around him right now. There's nobody really in that wide receiver room that has really justified themselves. Robert Woods is he's been good, but he's at the end of his career. A lot of these other guys are really young. Tank Dell is a guy that they're going to have to count on. Offensive line looked terrible for him as well. So I don't understand really trading your first pick away when you know your quarterback needs some help at some point. So that would be rougher for him. I really like what um, Carolina has done. They're going all in on getting Bryce Young help and building that offensive line, getting Miles Sanders, getting Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, a lot of good players that can can be beneficial. I mean, he's played on the biggest level as well. So Alabama is not no slouch, played in massive games, been overlooked. He's played with the biggest athletes in college, so I'm not too worried about him either. But, you know, Justin Fields last year threw for 2,200 yards. Like, in today's NFL – that is not how you win football games, boys. You have to sling that football around. If you if your quarterback doesn't have 4,000 yards, it's going to be tough. But he did lead the NFL in rushing, I believe, for a quarterback. Many big games. He basically just kept them in games. And the defense was just so bad, they couldn't do anything about it. But I think he has a lot of upside. If you get him the help like he did, like we did this last year, getting a bunch of good offensive linemen, getting a, a DJ more that we've seen AJ Brown go be Jalen Hurts guy. We've seen other people as well. Stephon Diggs go save Josh Allen. I mean, that that duo is pretty nice. I'm not saying that's what's gonna happen, but you have to put your QB in good situations, especially if they're on a rookie contract. Like that's the way you win football. Clayton Toon, I don't know why he couldn't be the starting quarterback. We've already seen stinking Colt McCoy for how long now? We know he's going to be trash. I, I hate to be that person to call a guy out, you know, horns down, boomer sooner, but we've seen the dude. He's trash. He's not going to win you games, and that's not what the Cardinals want to do. They want to lose, but why not give Toon a chance? Give him some trade value or something, man. I feel like at some point he's got to get a chance, whether it's Colt going down from injury or poor yes. performance. I mean, I just watching the little bit of that preseason game I did, it doesn't, I don't know if it was by design, but it seemed like Colt doesn't quite have the arm that he used to. And there was a lot of dinking and dunking going on. So it's that fine line between ability and brains. And I think Colt might, obviously he has the experience under his belt, so he might still be a smarter football player than Clayton Toon. But in a season like this, where you know you're not going to be in the playoffs, let it rip, man. Like you said, Get some get some film, get his uh, capital up. So if you do move off of him, if you don't keep him as your backup, then you have a nice little trade piece there. I'm just spitballing here. Worse, he does is suck, and you want to right. suck either way. So it doesn't really matter. He could be great. He could be the next Brock Purdy. Who knows? But I want to see it. I don't need to see Colt McCoy. I've seen it. Game manager, yeah. not going to win you games. I, I don't need to see that no more. And if you're the new GM and the new coach – I mean, you have to be thinking about that. I mean, there's no reason not to try. I got to believe that they're having these conversations. I mean, they, they see these guys every day in practice. We're pretty stinking smart, boys. I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. We called a lot of stuff the last few seasons that we knew was coming in. I think we're looking pretty stinking smart if you watch the episodes back. Heck yeah. I mean, we keep you guys at Dynasty Rewind, us over here at Valley Sports Plug. We keep putting it out here. Maybe we'll... uh be on the staff one day uh, in the scouting department or something. You never know. Got a dream big. They'd be lucky to have us. That's all I'll say. Have to negotiate better than Jonathan Taylor for sure. (laughs) 
But anyone watching back, either in the live stream right now or watching back, let us know in the comments any moves you liked, uh, who you think might have won the offseason as far as the draft, free agency, and trades that went down. But now that we're out of that, we're in training camp now, a couple weeks uh, from the season opener here uh, at the beginning of September. Mike, have you been uh, watching any preseason games or keeping tabs on on the NFL camp? Zero. Zero preseason games. I did watch the last two minutes of that first preseason game for the Cardinals against the uh, Denver Broncos. So that was fun to see David Blau go out there and make some nice throws and get a W, go for that two-point conversion. Uh, as far as training camp goes, uh, always kind of keeping a slight eye on what's going on, always keeping out for if there's any major injuries, who's taking a step forward, where guys are transitioning. For most of that, it's happening for the Cardinals. I'm not really keeping tabs on what's going on out throughout the NFL uh, as much. Either than this year, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there's been a lot more fights at these joint practices. I don't know if that's just me. I haven't been paying attention enough over the past couple of seasons, but that just shows me that these guys are chomping at the bit and ready to get out there and hit some people, man. So I'm the same way. I'm just counting down the days till September 7th. Dude, it cannot come quick enough. And I, I haven't I haven't quite noticed or can maybe paying close enough attention to know if there's been an increase in fights in training camp this season. But Tallman, did you see that Gannon um, before a training camp started, he said, if guys fight in camp, they're getting kicked out. And I think it was like the first practice. They two guys got in a scrum and they, and they showed them on the footage, getting, getting walked to the locker room. Do you think that's a, a good approach for a head coach? Yeah, it's a great approach. Cause when you fight in a regular season game, you get a penalty and that hurts your team. Okay. Right. And not just that right there, what you said about Gannon's rules. I mean, part of the culture, man, rebuilding that culture. So I think it's great. I love it. I, I agree. I mean, you guys are there, like I said, kind of earlier, you're there to be a professional. It's the highest level of football in the world. And so, yeah, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Jeff, how about you? What have you been seeing or watching uh, in preseason so far? Yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals are always a team that found a way to shoot themselves in the foot. So sending these guys to the locker room to, you know, give a little punishment, I love it. I think that's great. Uh, you know, just a lot of watching these rookies, seeing how they do. You know, week one, you really don't see a bunch of the studs out there for very long. So you're seeing a lot of these guys that are just battling for a spot. And I think that's one of the fun things that these offseason shows show us, like, there's a bunch of dudes that aren't going to make this team. I think they have to cut like 37 players or something like that crazy by the end of the end of the preseason and whatnot. So that's a lot of players that are going to be missing. I think it's like 1,180 or something like that. I did the math earlier, but I can't remember the number. It's just too many at this point. Uh, but, you know, just, just seeing what players are stepping up. You know, I love seeing Josh Downs from the Colts. I think he's a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't start off strong during the beginning of the season, but I think he picks up steam and he kind of runs with a job there later on. You know, it's just, it's just fun to see all the players you scouted and watched and from your teams that they just picked up that are doing well. I mean, the Bears with DJ Moore. That, I mean, you just get dreams about that stuff because the Bears usually don't do that. So I'm, I'm excited, man. It's been, it's been fun to see all these guys get out there. Yeah, I, I like preseason also because there's teams like I think the Cardinals could end up being one of them where the rosters are expanded. I think what, it's up to like 75 for the preseason or something like that. So you can really have a lot of guys getting film out there and seeing what they're really made of. 
And once those cuts come down, there might be a guy that comes open that can fill a hole you might need on your team. So I, I have not like, kind of like Mike, I haven't watched very much preseason, maybe a few minutes here and there. Um, Cause it's not, it's not like the highest level of football. Obviously you got a lot of third, four stringers, guys that aren't going to be on the team. Like I was saying, but I do like see like in the Cardinals case, seeing, seeing Clayton tune, seeing what he can do. Some of these guys in the, in the backup roles, kind of seeing what you have there. I mean, Full disclosure, I'm also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan by birth, not by choice. And seeing knowing Kenny Pickett is going to be our guy at quarterback is is comforting, but then also wanting to see what we have in Trubisky. And um, shoot, did I forget who our other quarterback is? I did. Um, not not important. But I I oh yeah, um the guy who got hit in the head, right? Mason Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> Mason Rudolph. I, I forget about him because I don't want him to be on the team anymore, but somehow he did better than Trubisky in the first preseason game. So it looks like he solidified himself and he'll stay as a, as the second string, but hopefully uh, the pickler, Kenny Pickett can stay healthy. Um, I don't know, Tiny man. Hands. It sounds like Chris's Steelers fandom might be waning. So you <laughs> might as well just cut it out of your life at this point, bud. The Red Sea is bleeding into my veins as we speak. Pull off the bandaid. <laughs> We need a different theme, man. The Red Sea, it just doesn't get me going. I, maybe it's just uh, me being here for five years kind of thing, but it's hard to get behind, I think. Well, and then the other, like, the other, like, bird slogans are already pretty much taken. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, it's, dude. We're stuck in a pickle at this point. Yeah, I agree. There's a ton of bird teams. And, like, I guess it wouldn't really work to replace Rise Up Red Sea or Red Sea or whatever, but, uh, it, the training camp, 98.7, the local sports radio, they've been uh, dubbing it the dawn of a new era. So obviously that that only lasts for a little bit. But I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, our Valley Sports Plug fan base here can help us uh, think of a new new slogan for the Cardinals, if you will. There we go. But Mike, you know what we got to do every year, especially having Chev on. We got to <laughs> talk fantasy football, baby. And – you stoked? You stoked? Back to back champ? What are you talking about? Am I stoked, man? The money's going up. <laughs> I got a nice keeper I'm going to be putting in my back pocket. I know Tolman's giving me the side eye because he doesn't want uh, <laughs> he doesn't want me to do what I'm going to do, but I got to do it. But man, I whew, our draft is going to happen in what? 10 days, August 26th. So make sure you guys keep an eye out. We'll live stream that as well. So that's always a good time to get back with the fellas and watch Tallman pick five running backs. <laughs> the uh, the booze will be man. flowing. That's usually uh, that's why we wait till a little later in the day. So Tallman <laughs> ends up making those decisions. It's a good time though. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I'm that we're going to be able to do that again. Live stream the draft. Uh, we'll try and ramp up the production value a little bit. Um, but it, obviously, we're not in any type of supremely professional function here. But it's it's a good time. It's a good time. But that's that's our league. Mike mentioned there we get to keep one player from our team last year, um, so one keeper, any position, and then we do uh, straight draft, so we don't do snaking, and it goes in order of Ooh. the place you finished in last season. So it's a bit of an interesting dynamic. It's a half PPR, so nothing too crazy or fancy. Um, but Chev, we know, and anyone who knows you knows that you guys do the dynasty leagues, which is a whole nother beast. So anyone who isn't familiar with dynasty fantasy football, can you kind of break that down uh, you know, a little bit for us, what that looks like? Yeah. So a dynasty league, instead of redoing your whole team every year, you get to keep every single player 
and you also get draft picks. So basically just think of like you are the general manager of an NFL football team. You get to decide what players you want as rookies. You can trade draft picks away for players. You can trade picks away for players for – or sorry, you can trade picks for players or you can trade players away for picks. I mean, there's just a lot that goes on into it. To me, once you do it one time, it's just so addicting that you just want to keep growing and maybe even start another league so you can try to build another team up. It's kind of like – it's kind of like when you were playing Madden and you did like a franchise mode and you just went crazy trading players to go get players that you liked, or if you drafted players Mm -hmm. to me, that's the funnest part about it. You don't, you don't lose players, which is great, but it it makes very tough decisions when you have to maybe cut players with the players that you pick that are rookies. Cause sometimes these rookies don't, they don't, they're not all Jamar chases. They're not all Justin Jefferson's right from the get go. So that's the tough part about it. But just think of like your NFL GM, you have all your rookie picks and then you also have a team every single season that you've built up a lot of fun. It sounds like I, I did a dynasty league one time for, I think two or three seasons. And, uh, I kind of fizzled out, not for any reasons of like not liking it or anything, but it, it is a lot of work and you really do have to find those diamonds in the rough. And kind of like in, in real life, your team might go through a couple rough seasons where you're having to build up and draft those young guys and wait for them to come into their own or through the luck of having that that early pick, get to get a guy like a Jamar Chase when he becomes available, which Oof. far and few between, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it seems like. Uh, but Mike, I mentioned our league. We got the one keeper. How many leagues are you doing this year? Oh, man. It was going to be three, but now it's back down to two, which is perfectly fine. I've done years where I've done four and five, and that just gets crazy, man, because then I got players matching up against each other. I got a defense going up against a a big-time wide receiver that I need to do good, and it's like hard to pick which one to go with. So two, it's nice, even number. I can, you know, play around with my one league. Uh, for fun, pick some other guys that I probably wouldn't have thought about in my in our main league um, and see how they do. And I feel like I've been decently successful over the past couple of seasons with both leagues. But when I say that, I mean right here. Ooh. There it is. You got uh, your name damn. on that trophy well, three Chris, times? Oh, we got to get that updated. My goodness. When was the last time your name was on here? I don't see. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. Settle down. Damn. <laughs> But I mean, you're right, Mike, it is, it can be when you have a lot of leagues going on, it can be like conflicting where your defense is going up against your quarterback or some crazy thing like that. But imagine being Tallman, you have that going on and you're betting on top of it. So (laughs) your bets might not always line up with your fantasy team and what you need there. I mean, Tallman, is that, is that something you end up dealing with on a week in week out basis? Well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, I lose every single week, so (laughs) Um, but no, no my, give yourself I, some credit. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is my order. I go money rules. All bets. win, Cardinals win fantasy last. So, I mean, you know, you gotta have priorities, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we saw a weird finish to last NFL season, which had a, pretty big impact on a lot of championship games for fantasy. And that was the Bills Bengals game being canceled. Obviously DeMar Hamlin having his heart stop on the field, being resuscitated. Thank God that he's all right. But that game was never made up or anything like that. And so we 
a lot of commissioners really had hard decisions <laughs> to make in, in how that, that final score was settled. I heard a lot of different things from like how they did in the regular season, their overall record, uh, projected points. And I think we kind of ended up looking at a couple different factors and, and deciding on, uh, was it a, it was basically a draw. Cause I think the numbers broke down to like based off projections, Mike, it was like one point or like a percentage of a point difference mm-hmm. that it was going to make or something like that. Well, and ours was crazy, right? Because I had Josh Allen going, and then Davey had uh, Jamar Chase. And he had like a 24-point lead going into the day where Josh Allen was you know, projected to score about 45, and Jamar was going to get 16. So based off the way that that game started, I think we kind of just did some averages, and I think it ended up being I maybe would have won the game by like four points. And at that point, that's just too close. So we ended up just calling it a tie, splitting the <laughs> splitting the money. But I think we still have to figure out who's going to end up getting the last pick because since we go by order and it's a you know it was even there for the win, you know maybe a coin flip. Maybe I'll do arm wrestling with Davey, even though I feel <laughs> like he beat me. But we'll still have to figure that one out. Maybe we'll do like a uh, fantasy draft Olympics where we'll get like three or five events for you guys to yes. compete in. That could be fun. Well, I'll, I'll start brainstorming that. We got we got ten days to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But Chev, kind of both questions there. I want you to want to get your opinion on that. But how many leagues are you in? One and then two. Were any of those leagues impacted by that uh, that crazy finish? Oh boy! See, Mike has a problem with cheering on different players throughout the week, having those go against each other. I'm in fifteen leagues, so it really does not matter about those players. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, eight of them are dynasty. The rest are redraft. Um, one is a uh, one is a charity league as well for kids that uh, I don't know. I have to think about what it's called. I can't remember, but it's a Scott Fishbowl. If you want to look it up, really good cause, uh, good stuff. You can donate. It's it's really awesome. They get kids presents at Christmas is one of is the thing that they do. So I mean, it's a it's a big thing, and it's grown so much, and there's a lot of donations that have come in. Yeah, but 15 leagues, boys. I mean, you you you're just you're just having fun at that point. It doesn't matter what players you're going against because you probably are playing those players at on one of your leagues. So you know, betting makes it a lot easier too, Tom. And so if you if you want the bets to be just fine, just join a bunch of leagues and you'll be okay. Um, best ball is the way to go, though. I've done a lot of best balls this upcoming year to where you just have to draft a team and then whoever's the best players those weeks, it'll pick those players off your team. You know, if you want to join that underdog is the way to go. If you need a, a promo code, go check out the Dynasty Rewind. I think we do a match of $100. So little plug there for the underdog sponsor. Um, but yeah, there was a league where it was really close, like Mike was saying. And we could have either done, let me, we decided to do the stats for the next week. Just a clean slate. Everybody plays again. Or we were going to do where you just – those players would play next week and you would take their stats. There's no way good to do it. If you wanted to do it right, you just split the money and call it good unless somebody absolutely just obliterates somebody and there was no chance of winning. But that was an absolute nightmare for commissioners. And that's why you don't do the last week of fantasy football to be your – or sorry, regular football to be your last week of fantasy football because that extra week at least gave us something to work with. And that was that we it was week 17 though that that happened in, right? It was like okay, yeah, so I, I yeah. see what you're saying there, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, could have could have been worse, did give 
did give the commissioner some options, like you say, there's some flexibility. But yeah, it was Terrible. I'm the commissioner of a couple leagues, so I was definitely like, I don't know, guys, we're gonna have to talk about this one. And it's kind of a it can be kind of a lose lose. But obviously, those instances are gonna be hopefully exceedingly rare and uh hopefully never have to see anything like that again. I will say, I mean, I can I think I can laugh about it a little bit because he's okay. Like I said, DeMar Hamlin is okay. He's going to play football again. But when uh, he was down on the field and it was a real somber moment and Chris Collinsworth was like, oh, he's down. And then they're like, we're going to go to commercial break. And then the first commercial is whopper, 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 whopper. It was like, you can't make this shit up. That needs to be one of those instances where it's like Red Cross donations or something like that, where it's just kind of just as sad and kind of moment. But you can't be going right. whopper whopper. I don't need the king on there telling me what to go eat at Burger King. That would, <laughs> I, it doesn't get much worse than that. If that doesn't tell you how 2022 went, I don't know what else will. Man. That was just a, a bonker of a time. Good That's goodness. like being at the dance, having a slow song, and then they immediately hit you with like some crazy trap music, man. No, you can't do that to us. You got to yeah, ease us issue. into the whopper. Yeah, I agree. Definitely like some Sarah McLaughlin, Arms of an Angel. Uh, that would have been a good opportunity, but adopt some dogs. Right, right. You got got to laugh through the laugh through the pain and the tough times. Um, but yeah, we're, we're gonna break down more on like high level stuff of who we like in fantasy football, some keepers, sleepers, and uh, different things like that. But Tom and I, I do want to ask you one last question here. Uh, when it comes to buying in uh, for fantasy football. That obviously gives you some incentive to pay attention and potentially win a nice little prize at the end. What's the uh, what is like if you if you're comfortable saying, I guess, what what kind of buy in are you doing in your leagues this year? And like what would be your limit for how much you would buy into a league for? You're asking me that when you guys already know what the buy in is. I'm just kidding. Um, So I think (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. It wasn't a setup. You, I'm sorry. you, you jerk face. No, I think I was like the only one that didn't want it to go to a hundred dollar buy-in. Um, I know that's. I mean, there's people out there that are doing thousand dollar buy-ins and uh, and people are crazy with fantasy football. Uh, I would definitely knock it to that that point. Um, every time I play fantasy sports for money, I always lose. I don't know what it is, and whether it's football or baseball, I seem to always lose to Mike. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm cool with that $100 buy-in. I mean, I think that's standard for leagues. Um, anyone that's playing for money with their buddies and, you know, but I mean, for years, I love doing it just to have bragging rights and just be able to talk smack to each other. And uh, especially when you do the live draft, I mean, Mike knows he's been experiencing it a lot where you're at the live draft, you get the boast and uh, kind of bust everyone's ass. Cause you know, you're the champion. So but yeah, thanks for thanks for that. <laughs> Wait, hold, go back. I need to write that number down. Oh, I'll text it to you. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yeah, oh wait, no, I got I got here. Just you can remember on this one real quick. Hold on. Nice. I knew what you were doing. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we made him Sorry, carry Tom, that around with him yeah. all weekend. <laughs> That's me and my Jewish attorney. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it hey, at um, least your portfolio is solid <laughs> it's true um 
Guys, I wanted to ask you guys, because I, I was seeing this today and I thought it was an interesting idea. I might be uh, thinking about trying it one of these days. Maybe you guys will help me get it started. But have you ever heard of and would you consider doing, I think they call it, I've heard people call it a vampire league or a grim reaper league, which is basically like, for example, you have 10 teams, but only nine teams get to draft. And then that 10th team is the vampire grim reaper. And they have to just pick whoever's left over, like the scraps. But each week they have first claim on the waiver wire. And if they beat a team that got to draft, they get to steal one of their players and keep it on their team. Is that something that you guys would be interested in kind of changing it up? Like, Chev, have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, it's it's really crazy. You know, everybody drafts and then this one person just gets the people that are left over. I've seen where the vampire does really good, but I've also seen where the vampire is just absolutely miserable. So, I mean, there's just yeah. two different ways that it can go. It usually doesn't go in the middle too much, but it's a fun league. I mean, you just have to have the right group that makes it fun. There's a bunch of different little innuendo, innuendo kind of rules to it, but it's a fun one. There was a, another league uh, where you can't start the same player for the whole season. So, like, if you start Christian McCaffrey one week, you don't get to play him the rest of the season. So, it, it's crazy how many different random leagues are out there. Obviously, in that league, you're not starting a whole bunch of players that week. But, you know, there's there's a lot of fun ones. But the Vampire, it's, a, it's an interesting one that, you know, if you're the Vampire, you're going to have one or two things happen. It's going to be good or it's going to be very, very bad. But it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, I would think that if you are the vampire in that scenario, you got, definitely got to win a few games, start getting some better players on your team because yes. you will find those diamonds in the rough. And as starters get injured, you can scoop them up on the waiver wire first. But oh, yeah. man, that can be a that can be a long sled. Mike, would you ever try something like that? Oh hell yeah, that sounds exciting. Throw a different wrinkle into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen some guys uh, on YouTube who are kind of Madden focused guys will do that for their uh, fantasy franchises where they play with 30 teams. And if you win, you get to steal player from that, from that team. So, you know, guys can have some stacked squads at the end. So I would be excited, man. I'd be all for that. We'll have to talk. We'll talk. We'll talk after the show. We'll see if we make it happen this year or next year. Yeah, just but... hit my line. Yeah. We'll yeah. I got, I got you. My people will talk to your people and they'll talk to Cody's Jewish attorney and uh, we'll get it all sorted out. But when we're breaking down, we want to dive into it now because people come here for fantasy football advice. And I love to get my pre-draft advice from Chev while he's on this stream. So I kind of want to talk keepers here for a second. Um, Tom, and I'll, I'll rope you in here first, uh, just because to get us started, not necessarily from your team, not who you're keeping, but if you had your pick of any player, if in theory, you had him on your team, who is a must keep player for this upcoming season? So anybody? Anybody. Uh, Christian McCaffrey would be my pick. I mean, we know I, you like drafting running backs. I mean. <laughs> hey, hey, it's come on. So you, you're going to make us tell our keeper to Chev, right? So we can listen to him roast Mike. No, we'll right. see. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm going to ask him for uh, for what uh, he thinks I should I, do. I, would I think I screwed Chris last year, though. I think he had Eckler or Najee, and I picked Najee, and it did not go <laughs> as great. Najee didn't suck, but, you know, Eckler was the – best running back in the nfl last year so chris that's on me man i owe you a good one this year at least i do remember that Mm. it's all good i mean Najee had a lot of upside maybe he still does but that's kind of the pickle i'm in now because i did keep him and so my two best players from last season as i see it are Najee harris and tyreek hill uh it seems like 
uh, Harris has kind of fallen into the middle of the pack running backs wise out of the top 10 on a lot of these mm-hmm. rankings I'm seeing. So I got to keep Tyreek, right? Yeah, I would keep Tyreek just because he's going to be drafted earlier. I, do you guys do it by rounds or like, how's that work? Do you just, do you just get to keep a guy or does it go by? Like, all right. He's in the second round. That's why I picked him. And I can't, I don't have a second round pick. So the keeper is basically our first round pick. So we pick up okay. in the second round. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I think you have to keep Tyree kill. There's a better chance of you getting Najee Harris later on than getting Tyree kill. So I would say Tyree kill. He's a good option, especially how many wide receivers do you start? Two or three, a two and then a flex. Yeah. I, th- I think you stick with Tyree kill. I mean, he's going to be a guy that he's, his aspirations are 2000 yards. Does he get there? I don't think so, but he's a guy that still has the juice. So I'm, I'm sticking with Tyreek Hill on this one for you. That's how I was leaning. I think I think I got to do that. Because like you said, Harris could be there available a little later on if I do want to take a flyer on him again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting running backs race. So I think I should be able to get at least one other guy, maybe maybe also scoop up Harris. But kind of similar question that I asked Tallman, uh, just to piggyback off that, like who is a must keep for you that's not Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I mean, there's so many good guys. If you're in a super flex league like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, like you have to keep those guys, especially if it's super flex. Justin Jefferson has been my favorite player the last few seasons, scouting him from LSU. He's just a stud. Jamar Chase. I mean, there's going to be a lot of good players that you can keep, but any of those top 10 guys, if you have one of those guys, you have to keep them. There's no reason to get get silly with your pick. Keep those top 10 players. Ride them out. I mean – I mean, I don't think any of the top ones are going to be bad again this year. So any of those top Jamar Chase, I mean, I even love Nick Chubb this upcoming year. I think he's going to be pretty solid. And that The RBs are very stinky this year. Once you get past a certain tier, it gets very ugly. So I really like all the main Justin Jefferson's, Tyreek Hill's, uh Austin Eckler, sorry, Chris, that's on me, man. But on, yeah, those, are, man. those are good good guys that just continue to ride this upcoming year. Hard to disagree, and I don't think Mike would disagree with you. Uh, Mike, you feeling a little validated? Why don't, why don't you tell the people who, who you're planning on keeping in our league? Oh, you know it's huge validation when one of the first names that comes out of Chevin's mouth well, is he Josh He said super Allen. flex league. Super don't flex care, Ars baby. Josh Allen, bring right, him back. Okay. Bring him back. <laughs> I mean, what's your, what's your QB points like? I mean, the, Q, the QB points are the main points within this league. So that's where Tallman yeah. doesn't understand. And that's where Tallman hasn't understand for the past couple of seasons. And once again, Tallman, <laughs> that's why this is over here, buddy boy. Okay. But I think one of the dilemmas that I had, Chev, and love to pick your brain about it as well is Jonathan Taylor. You know, he was my guy that I kept from last season. He did struggle. And now, you know, he's going through, you know, the nonsense with the Colts front office. So I'm just, uh, I'm on the fence. I think that he can really, you know, really help take Anthony Richardson under his wing. And they're going to have to rely on Jonathan Taylor, to be honest with you. But is there just too many unknowns to be able to take him right now when you have the known commodity with Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, if the fantasy scoring is as good as you guys are saying for QBs, like if that's the main scorer in these leagues and it's by a lot, I think you have to. I think you continue to ride Josh Allen. Um, 
I mean, it's hard to go with Jonathan Taylor at this point. I mean, you have, what, a few weeks to kind of decide still, but that situation does not look good. And he's already battling ankle and back. And, you know, Josh Allen just got another weapon in Dalton Kincaid. So I don't see why Josh Allen should not have a really good year this upcoming year. And if, if the points are as good, I mean, if there's six points for rushing TDs, six points for passing TDs, like, and there's – incentives for certain yards or whatever you guys are doing. I think you have to go with the quarterback if they are that big of an asset. Yeah, I think um, if I remember just correctly off the top of my head, it is six six for passing, six for rushing. I think it's one point for every 25 yards completed. Um, obviously, they, get, they can still get rushing yards. I want to mm-hmm. say, I know we have some incentive, like if a running back gets a 40-yard rush, they get a couple extra points. I can't remember off the top of my head if we had something in place like that for 40 yard rush or 40 yard reception. Um, I don't know if it's for quarterbacks, if it's a 40 yard completed pass, but I think there's an an added point if it is a 40 yard touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and- Josh Allen, dude, he just does it all. They put the ball in his hands. He runs multiple times over 10 times a game. Seems like, you know that he has, you know, some some decent weapons there in Buffalo, and with this, hopefully a stronger run game this season, he'll be able to spread the football even more. So, easy decision, baby. At the end of the day, come on, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Uh, especially, I mean, not to keep stroking Josh Allen here, but he is <laughs> a guy that stays healthy too. You know, like he he's going to give you 16, 17 games easy. If, if not playing, you know, the full 18 weeks. So I guess that's 17 games is still the same. But mm-hmm. we're talking about keepers. I like the advice. So I want to stay in that vein. Who are some sleepers that we should be looking out for this coming season? I really love Jahan Dotson this upcoming year. He's another guy that, you know, Sam Howell, we'll see what he's got. But Jahan Dotson is a guy that plays – he's a smaller guy, but he plays bigger than what his body shows – He's a guy that has really good hands as well. He's just kind of a bully out there, it seems like. So he's a guy that I really like, and he's he's not getting taken super early. Jared Goff, I mean, we already talked about it a little bit, adding Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, you know, Jameson Williams out for six weeks. He's been battling injuries, so I'm not really sure what he brings. But Amon Ross St. Brown is there. There's just so many good pieces in that offense to throw to. I don't expect that defense to be – world breakers this upcoming year they sucked last year i think they'll play better but i still think you're going to have to score a lot of points in some of the games that they're going to be in dalton schultz guy that played for the cowboys last year one of the top tight ends now he goes to the texans so not many good pass catchers there we've seen there's some potential in some of the younger guys but i think cj stroud is going to need a safety blanket and why not dalton schultz we've already seen it before I think he can do it again this upcoming year. He's a guy that you're getting so late. He's a guy that you don't have to spend the capital for, and he's a guy that you can wait on if you don't get one of these top tight ends. Aaron Jones, this guy has finished top 10 the last four seasons. He's a guy that catches 46-plus passes a game. It's just an easy pick to go get him. He's at the very bottom of the tier of RBs where I start to get a little bit scared. So I, I love picking up Aaron Jones later. He has that potential to be another good uh, fantasy football player this upcoming year at the RB position, especially with Jordan Love. I mean, he's going to have to check the ball down a good amount, and I think Aaron Jones and them will start to run a little bit more as well. Awesome, awesome. I'm writing this down so that I don't forget <laughs> next Saturday when we're drafting. I always like looking for those, those late-round sleepers. Cut the think, tape. Cut the tape. <laughs> I think I told – 
I think I was talking about Javante Williams last year, and he had a really good first game, and then he tore his ACL. I want to say I was watching the draft show, and Mike, I think, had him, which had a great first start. I was looking good, and then (laughs) can't project the ACL, so tough luck. And it's bound to happen, right? I mean, that's that's just a gamble in football, yeah. especially. You know guys are going to get injured. And that's where the waiver wire comes in huge. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Yes. Uh, Tallman, we're talking about sleepers. Um, I don't know if there are any names on the Arizona Cardinals roster that people are going to be looking to jump out and grab early. Uh, are there any Cardinals players you might have your eye on for drafting at any point during this this, uh, this upcoming <laughs> draft? Uh, well, the only one I would – really look at and kind of a league the size of us, you know, eight to 10 uh, man league is James Connor. I know they got him pretty low on the running back list, but I mean, think about this team. This team might not have uh, Kyler Murray for the first eight, 10 games. You're either starting the old guy that Chev doesn't like, or you're <laughs> going to start the rookie and this, they're going to be a, a run for his team. And they just lost Marlon Mack. I know in the preseason game at the end, towards the end of that preseason game last week, we saw um, some positive stuff out of those guys low in that position on the depth chart. But I mean, if those backups for James don't aren't productive, we're not getting any positive outcomes from them. James is going to get fed. And knowing how the NFL is treating running backs now, they're going to feed him, feed him, feed him, use him, abu- use him and abuse him and spit him out. Cause James Connor is probably not a member of the next good Cardinals football team. Okay. Do, do you agree with Tom in there, Mike, or um, one guy that kind of popped out to me as a potential Cardinal player that you might want to draft is Rondell Moore. Cause n- no pun intended, but there's no more Deandre Hopkins on this team. So he's going to be one of our top receivers there. He is. I think there's just still too many unknowns with this quarterback position and what you're truly going to be able to get. So I am kind of in the same camp with Tallman. If I'm looking to draft anybody, maybe mid-range area, it's James Conner. But that still scares me at the same point because, like Tallman was said, the running back room is thin right now, and we're going to need to spell him and not give him 25 carries a game or he's not going to make it to week six because we know that he's injury prone himself. But, you know, maybe you could look at a Hollywood Brown because he is in a contract year. I'd even be interested to keep an eye out with Greg Dortch because he's going to have opportunities in the in, you know, in that slot position. And especially depending on how long K1's out, you know, they're going to be dinking and dunking. We know that's Colt McCoy's favorite thing to do. And, you know, he could gobble up maybe seven to eight catches a game. But Rondell Moore, Chris, I just – it's unfortunate. I just don't know what kind of player he truly is at the end of the day. We've seen flashes. We've seen some good games like against the Minnesota Vikings a couple seasons ago. But I just don't know where he really fits within this team. Uh, moving forward and I hope he is a vital piece because of the speed that he brings to the field but too much unknown from this wide receiver group right now to really take probably in the draft but I'll keep an eye on him on the waiver wires I like what you said there because there are those guys that that you always keep an eye on and you might not want to reach and draft them knowing that they might be available but you gamble that 
they might be eaten up by someone else. And so kind of along that line, Chef, we're talking about sleepers. We're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of talk about uh, some stash players, guys that you might draft who are currently injured or ineligible that you can put in an injured slot or keep at the end of your bench that might be of use to you later in the season. Do you see Kyler Murray as a player worth drafting? I mean, in the context of an eight to 10 man league with one quarterback starting each week. Yeah, I think you, you're you getting him so late now. I think the value is there for him. I think on ESPN I saw the other day, it was like QB 20. So, I mean, he's a guy that you have to take somewhat early, but an 8-10 to 10 man, like, you're not drafting a bunch of QBs in those leagues, I don't imagine, unless the scoring is just ridiculous. But, yeah, I think he's definitely worth the watch. I think he's somebody that – it's a guy that you have to monitor. It's a guy that I'm drafting, I'm like – I don't have very high expectations for him. He's not a guy that I'm just ready to dispel. He's a guy, if you have like a a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson, that you have him on your team just in case something happens or a bye week, because I think he'll come back, I don't know, week six, week eight, somewhere around there if the Cardinals are smart, in my opinion. But, yeah, he's a guy that I wouldn't mind having on my roster. Somebody you can just throw on your injured reserve list and – once he comes back, he's probably going to come back 100% healthy. They don't see a reason the Cardinals to bring him back early. So, yeah, I, I still think he's worth the value. The problem is this team is just not great. And Rondo Moore is a guy that played very well, and he just can't get out of the injury bug. The injury bug just keeps hitting him. But if you look at the weeks, he's had over 15 points, I think, in the seven or ten games that he plays. I don't even know if he got that many. But he's a guy that puts up points when he's in the game. It just – He's not in the game to make points, so tough. Yeah, and, and along that you know same line, Kyler Murray is one of those players like Hertz that can get you points on the ground and through the air. And so if the air is not necessarily an option for him at any point in time, he can run it. But I do worry about how much he of that he's going to be doing, especially fresh off the, the knee injury and the comeback yeah. there. Um, you know, real quick, just to kick this back to you real quick, another player that I've seen as you, I guess you could call it a stash. I think he has a three or four game suspension in Alvin Kamara. How high are you looking to take him? Like what round would you project him to go? Oh, what rounds? Uh, he's probably running back probably 16 or 18 at the moment, just cause he's going to miss three games. I imagine somewhere in that range. And there's a couple of good young players that have stepped up and, are going to be maybe ahead of him. But I think he comes back from suspension and is just a beast. I think he has to be the beast, especially for a Saints team that's looking to make the playoffs. They go get a Derek Carr. You're looking to put your best players on the field and start them right away. And I think Alvin Kamara comes in fresh, ready to go. Doesn't He's not hindered by any injuries this year. I think he had some rib injuries, some, some other injuries that he was dealing with last year. And now at least we know when the suspension is. So now you can draft him and just know, okay, three games, then we're Gucci after that, which I hate to say because, you know, you don't want to see any violence and then supporting that with just a few games. But I expect him to come back just ready to rumble, ready to be the guy that he's used to being because I think he's actually healthy this upcoming year. Yeah, they got Jamal Williams. Kendra Miller is a guy that, you know, I've watched a lot at TCU. He's a good running back. He's been a guy that's dealing with a lot of knee injuries and, and stiffness and that and whatnot. So I don't think he hinders him. I think, if anything, it's at the goal line where Jamal Williams comes in, just like he did last year with the Lions and scores those touchdowns. But I think he's going to be – or Kamara is going to be a big threat in the passing game this upcoming year for that offense. 
Yep. I, I'd have to agree. It's It seems like he's that kind of versatile guy who can catch out of the backfield and put it on oh, the yeah. ground. And that's going to be a big part of their game plan. I mean, I got my notes here, Chev. I think <laughs> I trust I trust Tyreek oh, this boy. year over Najee. And so hopefully I'm not 0 for 2 on uh, taking your advice there. Um, but we'll have to see uh, next next Saturday. Uh, time to be determined, but the date is locked in Saturday, August 26th. Make sure you all tune in and watch us live stream our fantasy football draft. Always a fun time. Always much shenanigans ensue. But guys, uh, wow, we are over an hour into this already. It's, it seems like time just flies when I'm chatting <laughs> football with the boys here. Um, a few more topics that I want to get to before we get out of here and let Mike go get some food. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, Mike, the elephant in the room. We I don't want to beat a dead horse. We've talked about it a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about it a lot. But what are your broad expectations for their season, like real, real high level? Broad expectations, Chris, to be honest with you, we're probably going to lose a lot of games. <laughs> and I think the one thing that might surprise us, though, is this team is going to be competitive. This team is going to fight for their lives, fight for their food on the table, which I'm about to go get some pretty soon here. Um, but, you know, guys know that they have an opportunity to maybe, you know, cement their name within this league. And if they're not a part of this franchise next year, going to have opportunities because there's just a lot of field space for guys to go out there and see what we got. I mean, you know, we let a lot of our main key pieces from the last regime go. Like we already said, you know, top of the list, Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. But now we're keeping an eye on some of these, you know, old pieces that might not be part of this future as well. You know, elephant in the room, Buda Baker. Does he really see himself as a part of the future franchise with this culture change. Isaiah Simmons doesn't get his fifth year option. What does he do in that safety position? We I know we have some promise from Zayvon Collins coming off the edge, but that's just one game sample size, but high expectations for this season is just put your best foot forward. See what you can get from some of these young guys. If they're a part of this team moving forward, and we're just going to lose some games because we need to get a top five pick. So that's just – those are the expectations, unfortunately, this year. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Paul, man, it's like, it is that fine line, right? Because you do want to see us build something here and find success, but also that carrot at the end of the stick of getting that top draft pick, possibly getting Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, what what are your expectations as far as all that goes? No, you meant to say possibly getting Caleb Williams, right? Oh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go back. Oh, no, uh, expectations for the season. Ugh, I mean, ugh, just, you know, that's that's it. That's a word, blah. But <laughs> Mike used a great word. The word that he used was competitive. Um, there's, there's a way that a football team with very low expectations can have a positive spin on a rebuild year. If we can go in there and look competitive and not get ran off the field every single week, not lose 62 to zero to the Seahawks or whatever the hell that score was at one time, you know, just as long as we don't get embarrassed. And that's something that I'm with Mike on. I, I think that we're going to surprise some people um, where we're going to surprise them. I think is going to be on the defensive end. Um, I know we're talking about the Broncos, but that preseason game, just looking at, the amount of pressure that they, the first, uh, uh, the, the first string, the first unit of the defense got on Russell Wilson 
in those first couple series was crazy. I mean, you mm-hmm. saw Gardeck got a sack. You got Collins, all those, you, that defensive line, which I honestly thought was going to be a huge weakness. And, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I know it's only one preseason game, but it was just, it was eye opening to see the defense and that, that uh, defensive line just, you know, all over him with the pressure and all that. Uh, so, but expectations for the season overall, I mean, we got to lose games. We know that. We knew that coming in, but we got to find that way. How can we still make the season positive? How can we grow? How can we establish this coaching staff and that culture with our players and our young core and grow from there? I I agree with you. And I think I said it on the stream last week is that my goal, I guess, maybe not expectation. Maybe it is an expectation, but I think with the new leadership in place, they have to just not look stupid, look organized. The team needs to look like they know what they're doing and, and just not be embarrassing. Play hard football every week and compete. If your talent isn't there and you still lose games, that's that's fine. That's forgivable. But some of the stuff that Cliff Kingsbury was pulling and the antics, whether it be from Kyler and the sideline to just looking totally disorganized. And honestly, Cliff looked like he was going to shit his pants every week on the <laughs> sidelines. He looked scared. He looked nervous. He didn't look comfortable. Uh, and I think, I think that just you know kind of speaks more broadly to his tenure here and kind of how he isn't an NFL coach. And it's evident because he's not, right? He's back at, I think, USC now as a quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to see him back at the NFL level. I think he got enough money where he could probably be fine never coaching at that level again and might be able to get more out of a college player than he could an NFL player. Uh, but, Chev, I don't want to scrape the bottom of the barrel here, but just to get your take on on the Arizona Cardinals, what are what are you seeing and like expectations-wise, what do you think we'll see from the Cardinals? Yeah, I think the thing that you hope for for this Cardinals team is you hope to see them kind of be like the Detroit Lions where we were hoping they kind of had that – they were in that rebuild stage where they don't know really what's about to happen. They just got Jared Goff. And they were just people that just fought every single game to the final whistle, and they just lost very close games where they were competitive enough, but they just couldn't ever get the job done. And you just saw a competitive team that – the players were put in the right situations to maybe they weren't the most athletic team or whatnot, but they were given the opportunity to fight for in those games. And I think that's really what you hope for. I think Steven Zaven Collins back on the defensive line. I think that's where he's going to thrive. I just watching him the last year or so, you, you could just tell he looked lost. He looked like a guy that, you know, needs to be hand in the dirt going after the quarterback. Not that he's a bad player, but there's just some roles that you need to be in. And I think even with, uh, oh gosh, guy, who's the guy that we didn't get his fifth year option? What's his name again? My fault. Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. Yep. Isaiah Simmons. That's another guy that they just threw him all over the place and just hope he's stuck in one area. Hopefully now they're just focusing him on one spot. And I think that's the news I've been hearing where he's kind of just focusing on one area and they'll move forward from there on where he's going, you know, the question I have for you guys is if we do get the number one pick overall, are you wanting to trade Kyler Murray and get Caleb Williams? Cause in my opinion, I don't really think it's a downgrade. I think you kind of stay in the same spot that you're at, but that's the thing you have to play with. The bears were in the situation last year and they didn't go with it, but I think Caleb Williams is a different kind of breed and you know, maybe they go after defensive line. we just lost 18 of the 36 sacks from JJ Watt and Zach Allen I don't know what's going to happen there. That's the key concern for me in this team right now. 
But what do you guys think? 101, Arizona Cardinals on the clock. Do you trade Kyler Murray and go for old Caleb Williams? Or are you content with having Kyler on your team and just maybe trading down and getting more assets? I would love to hear what you guys think because you guys Mike, lived it. Mike, I will take this one first because I, I was going to say, I, I feel like I know what you're going to say. But disagree. Go for it. So I want to get both perspectives here. <laughs> and I think Tallman agrees with me. Um, I think you absolutely have to consider it. That has to be an option on the table. Kyler Murray is a holdover from the last regime, Kime and Kingsbury. We, heck, we got Kingsbury because of Kyler, and they were like that package deal. I think there's a lot of potential in moving off of him. One, you don't have to pay him that massive contract he got signed to, and you can start over with a fresh guy on a rookie contract who might be comparable skill-wise. And then you have all that extra cap space and money left to get him pieces that can help him be successful. Whereas if you keep Kyler on the roster, he's going to eat up a large portion of that cap. But I think uh, it is tough. I'm so... I'm going to say yes. I, you absolutely have to consider it. Leaning towards you actually have to do it. But I think that's going to really depend on what Kyler does this season when he finally comes back. Does he come back a different player, more mature, more poised in his position, in the pocket particular? I want to see what he can yeah. do in the pocket because Jonathan Gannon even came out and said, we're going to put him under center. We're not going to set up all of the, him taking 90% of his snaps from the shotgun. Like, mm -hmm. sure, there will be shotgun plays, but overall they want him to start under center. So if he struggles to do that, if he's not fitting into the offense that Gannon wants for this team, then I think you got to absolutely pull the trigger. And, and kind of like we did with Rosen, we thought when we drafted Rosen, he's like, this is our guy for the future. Then we turn around and trade him. Now Kyler is not Josh Rosen. Don't get yeah. me wrong here, but that's just my two cents. I mean, Mike, I feel like you don't agree with that perspective. No, Tallman, go ahead. You go first, Tallman. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Shoot. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with Chris. Um, I mean, let's just you know be hypothetical here. Let's say he misses ten games. He comes back. He has six games. Who cares about the opponents or whatever, or doesn't matter. He comes back with six games to play, and we already know he's probably coming back. And he's not. We're not going to have anything to play play for because he's going to come back. Say he misses ten games. He might be walking to a team that's two and eight. Right? I don't I don't know where their bye week is. So let's just. Just, you know, go with me. Yep. He comes back. If he finishes those six games that he starts, one and five, oh and six, even a two and four, you're going to see the fan base just go crazy. <laughs> and with the last three weeks of the season, I'm sure it's going to be pretty clear where we sit on if we're going to get that first pick and where the Texans sit on where they're going to be. I mean, we already talked. We don't mm. – CJ Stroud set up for failure, right, which is good for us. And actually the Cardinals play the Texans this year, so it doesn't matter who wins that game because we win both, both ways. But <laughs> so say Kyler goes 0-6, right, just total worst-case scenario in my made-up bullshit land. <laughs> uh, they really got to look into it. Caleb Williams is over here looking at uh, – looking getting comparisons like – Patrick Mahomes and blah, blah, blah. And like you said, I like what you said, Chris, about, you know, he's a, he's not a Austin Fort guy. He's not a Gannon guy, but, yeah. and another thing that plays into that. Yeah. We don't have to pay him, but say we trade him before the next season, dude, we're going to be taking a huge cap hit, right? That dead money is going to be killer. But mm -hmm. if you look at it, so you trade Kyler, you eat a bunch of the money, you get Caleb Williams on a rookie contract. You're basically paying the same amount of money, but you're switching out Kyler Murray for Caleb Williams. If you think about it, right? Because you you got to pay that contract no matter who your quarterback is next year. But would you rather it be Caleb Williams or Kyler Murray? 
So it's definitely something that they got to look into. And if he comes back and he totally lays an egg, I'll be the first person to say it's time for him to go. <laughs> I think the best case scenario too, is you want Kyler to play well, but you still want to lose because you still want Kyler to have good value, right? You want to see him gain more value throughout the season, but yeah, Mike, here we go. Your time to shine, brother. I think if you look into trading Kyler Murray, depending on how he performs, like you guys say, it's still going to be tough because I feel like the sample size is going to be too short coming back from an ACL to trade that kind of contract. I want to see him go through a full offseason, healthy, working with this new regime, seeing these new pieces and weapons that they might have. I think the one thing that I always look into as well that we could talk about with the Kevin Durant trade is what's the known commodity? What do you know? What is the track record that you can see from a guy like Kevin Durant comparative to where Mikhail Bridges could be, right? We know Kevin Durant was a, a NBA superstar, a world champion, whatnot. What do we know about Kyler Murray? He's a, He was a rookie of the year. He's a game changer on, on running the football he started to expand his game, getting out of the pocket and making some nice throws. I know he has his downsides with his height. What? Kyler's 5'10". Caleb Williams is 6'1". Maybe 10 more pounds than him. Guy, the other thing you have to remember is Cliff Kingsbury's stench is going to be all over this kid from this next season because he's going to be coaching him at USC. You Do you want that? You want that residual stench to come back into this locker room. I just think that we have a little bit bigger of the sample size from Kyler Murray to where I would rather go with him because also we're talking about a team that is has been bleeding for a number of years you go back to when we made the Super Bowl in 2008 when was the next time we had another run in the playoffs 2015 when was the next time we went to the playoffs again 2021 like, I can't have six, seven years of straight failure until we finally get there and maybe are in one of those teams that can make a push. And if you go in the route of going with the rookie, I know Caleb Williams is hyped. I know he has, you know, some really high-level skills and whatnot, but I just would rather go with Kyler Murray and see if you can bring in new pieces, have him healthy enough, and maybe make that jump right away instead of having to wait three, four years, which you possibly might have to with Caleb Williams. Either way, I think there are going to be a lot of tough decisions that are going to have to be made. And you might be right, Mike. It might be too short a sample size, whether it's six games, 10 games, whatever it ends up being. Um, But I think it's definitely something they have to consider just to double down on that point. Chev, it looks like we're not the only ones looking to get some fantasy football advice here. I got this question in the chat and, So in all fairness, we got to pick the expert's brain here. Uh, This viewer says, should I trade away Cooper Cup and Kyle Pitts for Austin Eckler and Mike Evans? My other wide receiver is Amari Cooper and tight end is TJ Hawkinson. The only running back I have right now is Rashad White. It's a 16-team league PPR. Oh, 16 teams are tough. Honestly, just value-wise, I think you go with Cooper Cup and Kyle Pitts. I think Cooper Cup still has an elite season. You get a young Kyle Pitts. Mike Evans is at the tail end of his career as well. Austin Eckler is there as as well. So I think you go with Cooper Cup and Kyle Pitts. I'm guessing this is a dynasty type question here with the 16 teams and you're asking about these two players. I I think you have to go with that. And, you know, if your best running backs Rashad White, I mean, 
it could be a little bit rough. I mean, Amari Cooper's a good play. TJ Hawkins is a good play. But I think you can even start Kyle Pitts this upcoming year and you're flexing you. I think you'll be pretty happy with that. We'll see what we'll see what Ritter does, but that's the way I would go with it. Cooper Cup and Kyle Pitts at this point. That's a good assessment. I, I w- I'm a little worried about Cooper Cup. It seems like he kind of took a step back last season. Do you expect that that'll be a similar thing this year or will he pick back up where he left off in 2021 or 2022 yeah I, I if you go look at the stats i can't remember it's crazy i think he played like 10 games but the what he, what he was doing in that offense he was playing at such an elite level i think he finished as like wide receiver 23 or something and he only played 10 games so you feel free to go look at the stats but i still believe in him i still think he's an elite player i mean you got matthew stafford coming back their connections are already really nice so I think Cooper Cup is a guy that you know the tail end's coming at some point. I still think he's a – the problem is he's elite, and he's an elite route runner. And those players fare better than, you know, like the Mike Evans in the world where route running maybe is not his thing, and he's more of kind of a jump ball, uh, nine route kind of player. So I I love the way Cooper Cup plays. I mean, if you had to ask me what player that I've watched in person is just really blowing my mind, it's Christian McCaffrey and Cooper Cup because every movement has a purpose. And every time they step on the field, they don't miss a step. Every step is precise and where they want to move, and they can make defenders look silly. So Cooper Cup is probably the most impressive player I've seen, to be honest. Harder chance, man. Right in his element, man. Right in his (laughs) element. I love it. That is the top tier yes. analysis we love from Chev. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. But fellas, we're winding down here. Um, I think we got probably maybe five, 10 minutes left. We'll really see. There's no time limit, but I'm just thinking, um, Mike, we got to feed Mike because we don't want him uh, getting too hungry out here. So just <laughs> broad overall, 2023, kind of not just Cardinals, not just Bears or Steelers, any team, just the league as a whole. What do you? What are your predictions? Let's do it now. Let's get it out of the way. Super Bowl predictions for 2023. Michael Benjamin, we'll go ahead and ask you that question first. Ooh, okay. Uh, I mean, we got to echo the same sentiments that Chev has already talked about, man. This AFC is going to be nuts. You can go in so many different ways. I mean, I'm hoping I can see the Buffalo Bills come out of the AFC East. I think Jacksonville just wins the South because it's a little bit down comparative, but you can't count out Patrick Mahomes. But I think the Bengals are going to finally get it done this year and they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. And in the NFC, there's just a little bit too many unknowns. Like, do the Vikings take a step back? Are the Lions really the front runners? What's going to happen with Jordan Love? NFC East, the Eagles lose their coordinators and five starters on the defense. There actually has not been a back-to-back champ in the NFC East since 2004. So kind of leaning towards the Cowboys. Maybe they put it together this year. But for our luck, fellas, somebody from the NFC West is going to win the NFC. It's probably going to be the San Francisco 49ers. So I got the Bengals over the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And Joey B and Jamar Chase get it done together, recapturing their glory days from LSU. And I can live with that as long as the NFC West guys lose. I can live with that. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Tommen, do you agree with Mike or who, who do you got for a way too early Super Bowl prediction? <laughs> yeah, right. Way too early. Uh, I'm going to go a different route as Mike. Uh, 
NFC, I, I mean, Mike makes a good point. Eagles did lose, uh, lose some coaches, lose a couple of players, but I, I believe in the Eagles. I think they're going to come back to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I just, I don't see. Yeah, maybe the defense took a step back, but that Eagles offense is going to score thirty plus points a game, and I, it's, I just find it hard that anyone uh, is going to be be able to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the Cowboys. I think uh, what's his face Prescott's going to have a terrible year, and I think he's gone next season. But I'm going <laughs> Eagles NFC AFC. I. I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to pick the Jets. I think I already said earlier, the Jets, dude, they had legit. Their defense was legit. Their offense was like, their defense is like a college student and the offense is like a fifth grader. And what they did this off season, I mean, how do you go from a te- what they had Sam, is it Sam Darnold they had? No. Um, Zach Wilson. Yeah. The guy that um, has sex with moms. Um, so you go from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. That's incredible. And then, of course, they bring in all of Aaron Rodgers' goonies, all of his uh, veterans. <laughs> but they bring them in, and they, they're actually better than what they have. And they have um, Brees Hall. Yeah, he's coming back. He's elite running back. He signed Dalvin Cook. The guys had four 1,100-yard rushing, uh, rushing years. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I don't get it. So I think – the Jets are going to surprise a lot of people. I think they're going to be a very, very elite offense in that defense. It's just, I don't know. Eagles, Jets. Okay, but who wins? Yeah. Oh, um, oh, that's right. You said who, who won. Oh, Jesus. Um, we'll go. We'll go Eagles win. I, I can't let Aaron Rodgers win. There you go. So, Tom, you're really all in on the Jets being a good team again. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Did you know they haven't had a winning record since 2015? <laughs> From worst go to co- first, baby. Go compare their uh, go compare their offensive roster to mm-hmm. last year to the one this year. That touche. Touche, but Aaron Rodgers is no spring chicken. Ain't that right, Mr. Benjamin? He ain't no spring chicken, man. That's for damn sure. So, Chev, where do you land on all this? We got we got Eagles, we got Jets. What are you thinking? Yeah, Tommy made some good points here. You know, Zach Wilson loves moms. And, you know, I'm hoping on hard knocks this upcoming year, we're going to see Zach Wilson take Aaron Rodgers' mom on a date. That would be the best, I think, episode of all time, even in TV history. And, you know, Tom just made a really great point for the Dallas Cowboys to be the next trade suitor for Kyler Murray, sending Kyler back to Texas. So I I love that. Um, The guys I'm going with, though, I really like the Bills this upcoming year. I think them getting Dalton Kincaid is a huge benefactor. Uh, I think the 49ers are great. Oh, Oh, there we go. A little young gravy and Zach Wilson combo. I love that. But, (laughs) oh, man, I I think the Bills will be great with Dalton Kincaid. You bring back Diggs. You know, running back situation is a little bit murky, but you have Josh Allen to finish runs if he needs to. I think Gabe Davis even has a decent year this upcoming year. He's just a guy that he's he's one of those players for best ball where he's going to have big weeks and he's also going to have weeks that maybe just aren't great for your fantasy team. But if you have best ball, it's good for you. 
So I got the Bills winning that division. I like the 49ers. The problem with the 49ers is their QB situation. <laughs> One injury away from having to start Sam Darnold this upcoming year. Bang, bang. Look at that. Brock Purdy. There you go. He's going to be MVP. He's next to the Tallman ticket. Bet your money on it now, folks. He didn't even know. He didn't even know who he was standing next to. VSP Tallman <laughs> in the flesh. Yo, that's wild. That's Crazy awesome. Crazy stuff, bro. man. That's huge. But we'll see. I, I got the Bills versus the Eagles this upcoming year. I think the Eagles are just dominant. Uh, I think they have a tough – they're probably in the toughest division in the NFC – you know, I would like the Jets if they were in the NFC. The problem is they're in a division with the Bills, the Dolphins. Patriots are no slouch either. They got an OC. Then you have to go through the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Ravens, who I think are going to be really good, the Bengals, the Browns, and then the Jaguars. Like, that AFC is just bonkers. The Eagles have less to go through. I'm going Eagles in the championship. They're going to win it all this upcoming year. They just look so good. My, the only concern I have with them is like linebacker. They lost their linebackers this last year, and they have a little bit to replace, but that defense is always stout on the front seven, so I'm not too worried about them. You're muted, my boss. You're muted, my man. I do that. I do that sometimes. <laughs> That's a, such a Tallman move, isn't it, guys? <laughs> Damn. Probably, come on. Wow. Great shots all day. I do it one time, <laughs> and you – Oh. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. No, you just gotta win us a damn Tallman ticket. Yeah, until come on, then, man. this is what you get. All right. <laughs> gotta gotta get better in that column, and then maybe we we quit busting all your right. chops so much. No, I'm gonna be busting out the donkey suit a lot this year. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, I I tend to agree with you guys. That's a that's a. It seems like there's a only a small group of teams that are really at that Super Bowl caliber, playing at a high level right now. Um, just to cut through it, I think it's going to be the Steelers and the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I'm I'm totally kidding. Rematch, rematch. Let's go. <laughs> Thirteen years in the making. But no, I honestly think I really think there's a really good chance that we see a Super Bowl rematch in Kansas City and the Philadelphia Eagles. So so Chiefs Eagles two. And I guess it'll kind of depend on how the Chiefs season breaks down. But with Mahomes and Andy Reid, they are just marching in lockstep. Mahomes is just a different breed. He's one of those guys we mentioned kind of along the lines of Josh Allen, where he is that changing of the guard at the quarterback position. He's going to be a guy that's giving us headaches for years to come, probably more than a decade to come. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect that they're really going to take any type of step back. They've been able to move pieces in and off of their roster and stand flexible and continue to be a perennial playoff team through these last you know handful of seasons. So mm -hmm. I honestly think that uh, my pick would be Chiefs. Chiefs repeat. They're going to beat the Eagles again in the Super Bowl. Is that crazy, Mike? Is that crazy? Is that crazy, Chev? No, I mean, I don't think it's crazy at all. The team that's been to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years – I mean, they got beat by a good Burrow team. I mean, it's hard to go against those guys. My problem is, you know, if Travis Kelsey goes down, we're not, we're not hoping that, but he's a little bit older, battling through some some stuff. You just never know. And I don't, I don't think it's at this point. There's no guy on that wide receiver core that I'm like, it's a guy that I can throw to a lot and just be happy with. Yeah, but – you just always got to keep those transcendent type of players in mind. They just figure mm -hmm. out a way. And, exactly. you know, that Super Bowl was a big, 
you know, component like you're talking about with Chris, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are in lockstep and they find ways to adjust and they make those proper adjustments. So mm-hmm. uh, you're not crazy. And weren't you the only one who picked Kansas City to win last year? So, you know, you're probably right this time again. Well, again, to kind of double down on that, Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys that really can elevate an average player and make him a good player. So I I think when it comes to their wide receiver core, sure, they don't have a Tyree kill, but he's going to elevate those guys that are on the roster and make them look as good as possible. No doubt. No doubt. For sure. So we got we got the Super Bowl locked in. We're winding down here. I got one more question on my dock and then we can kind of open it up and close it down for the night. Um, but guys, who are some teams that we should be keeping an eye on that might exceed expectations and potentially even sneak into the playoffs that we might not have thought of just a year ago? I'll ask you first, Mike. Are there any teams that are on your radar that are going to take a huge leap forward this year? You know, I got to be completely honest with you. The team that I'm really keeping an eye on this year is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to take a big step this year. He might honestly be in the uh, MVP conversations. You know, the addition of Calvin Ridley, I think, is a sleeper as well. You know, a guy who was uh, suspended for doing a little bit probably of the Tallman ticket. Work Too as many well, Tallman you know tickets. Um, but then we always have our favorite Zay Jones. Keeping an eye on Zay Jones, Travis Etienne, their connection is is improving as well. And I, I think uh, safety and was it Andre Cisco is going to take a big step this year. You got Josh Allen, you know, on that weak side linebacker. It's just an exciting team, I think, to watch. They're going to put up some points. We got to give love to our Valley guy, Christian Kirk, as well. Mm-hmm. And they're in a honestly not that tough division when it comes down to the AFC. So they could win 12 games this year. So excited to see what they do and if they can, you know, make a playoff push, especially after that exciting finish against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers last year. So keeping an eye on them. I mean, what do you think of that? Is that a, a team we need to look out for? Or are there some others out there you have your eye on? Yeah, no, I. That was that was who I was gonna pick if you asked me. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely think the degenerate gambler Ridley is gonna be a huge boost for them. Um, the one I also had in my list before thinking of it, you know, coming into this, and Chev already mentioned it. I think this uh, the Seahawks. Unfortunately, as much as it hurts me to say, but <laughs> I think the Seahawks are really gonna come out and make a big splash, even if Geno Smith is, you know not at the level he was last year, but even if he gets just a little bit close to that level, I mean, that, that team has got a lot better this off season and man, they played some good football last year too. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, great pick. And we can be biased here. Of course we are the Valley sports plug. We love the Arizona Cardinals, but we can also be realists and be honest. The Seahawks are looking uh, pretty solid as are of course, the San Francisco 49ers. So turn it into a tough division once again, unfortunately, uh, but Chev, out, out of those two teams there, uh, the Jags and the Seahawks, are there any other teams that you have your eye on? Yeah, I have two teams. One in the NFC, I'm going to go with the Saints, getting Derek Carr, getting a QB that they can rely on and sling the football down the field to Chris Olave. Michael Thomas could come back healthy. I'm not expecting anything out of him, really. We just don't know at this point. He could be the best wide receiver in the NFL or he could be the absolute stinker and never play. 
I mean, you're getting back Alvin Kamara. Jamal Williams is no slouch at RB. Jawan Johnson, that's another sleeper, boys. Put him on your tight end list. He's a guy that I think will have a pretty big season this upcoming year. Um, and then I'm going to go to the AFC East. That is just a brutal division. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think Bill Belichick will have that defense ready to go. I'm not saying they're making the playoffs. I just think they're going to be a better team this upcoming year, especially you actually have an OC running your offense. Who would have thought running a defensive coordinator as your OC wouldn't work out? That is just Bill Belichick trying to be smarter than the whole NFL at that point. But, I mean, they have a lot of good players. I think Juju is another sleeper for that team where he's being drafted, I think, like wide receiver 45 right now. He's going to be the wide receiver one on that team. Got a couple good tight ends in Mike Isecki and Hunter Henry, I believe, is still there. So, I mean, that offense should look better. Ramondre Stevenson is another guy that he's probably going to get dropped down a little bit because Zeke's there. But I think the Dalvin Cook news is a little more important than the Zeke news. I think Ramondre is still a good, a good player. He's going to be a guy that catches a lot of passes for you in fantasy football. But, yeah, I think the Patriots, they'll surprise some people this upcoming year. Their defense was number one last year, I think, in touchdown scored. And just they just have a, they just have a lot of good pieces that are going to compete. They're a team that's going to battle every single week. The problem is they're playing a juggernaut of a schedule in the AFC. Yeah, and, and in a really tough division there with the Bills and and now the Jets. And you can even say the Dolphins aren't, aren't too bad for my money. So that's, that's turning into a tough one. Um, but I agree. That was the team I wrote down, the Patriots. I think Mac Jones is going to continue his ascension and still having Bill che- Belichick at the helm. Um, obviously, they built a culture there that's carried over from the Brady era where people thought they would have to break it down to a full rebuild. And they've honestly stayed, you know, I think a little bit higher than than what was projected for them. So I, I think I'm with you now that I, I put some more thought into it and start kind of airing out my thoughts there. It could be <laughs> tough for them to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to keep themselves in the conversation as the season progresses. Ravens too. Sorry. Ravens is another team that I'm really excited to see. I I think they're going to be pretty good. Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrew. I mean, they, they they've built a good defense around that team as well. I think watch out for them to, you know, uh, I might mess around and take a hot take here. The Ravens win division. Okay. Honestly, I could see it. The Bengals have kind of they they did make the the championship game last year. They obviously mm-hmm. made the Super Bowl the year prior, so it's possible. Um, Joe Burrow just went down with that. What was it, hamstring or calf yeah, injury of some sort? So, mm-hmm. ee, not a great start for them. So I don't think that again, kind of like Tallman earlier. That's kind of maybe a lukewarm, a lukewarm take. Getting getting on the hot side. There we go. But fellas, it's been a fucking blast. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. Just the emotions pouring out of me. I always love uh, having Chev on and picking his brain on any everything football and fantasy football, especially getting his insights there. You can go check him out on Dynasty Rewind. You guys are primarily on YouTube, right? Is there any other uh, any anywhere else we can find you or follow you guys? Any platform you can find a podcast on really big on Spotify is where we're starting to see a big spike in, in listeners. So if you have Spotify, go take a listen, give us a, a rating and review on there. You know, we have a Patreon group now. Mike joined the Patreon. We started doing trivia, but life got busy in the summer, but looking to pick that up this upcoming year. It'd be fun to get a little VSP trivia team in there. So if you, if you like fantasy football, you need a community. I think we have 150-plus people in there now. If you ask a question in there, you're going to get an answer. There's like 400 different categories you can put a question in at this point. So we're building some big things. YouTube's 
is where we mainly are at four times a week, I believe. So it's fun. Dynasty fantasy football is a blast, but boys, I, I can't say thank you enough to you guys for having me on. I love the Valley Sports plug. I don't get to listen as much as I used to, but every time I come on, you guys treat me so well. You know, I'm hoping to hit a few tall men tickets with him this upcoming year and maybe even get a little celebrity pick. But I, I would love to throw my resume also out there. If uh, anybody in your league where you guys draft live backs out ever, I would like to throw my hat in the fire there if I get a chance. Okay. All right. He staked his claim here first. And I think you'll, I think you're first in line, honestly. So straight to the we, source. I don't want to say we're going to kick someone out to get no, you in no, here, no, but do Tallman, if you lose this year, I'm sorry. Chef's taking your spot. <laughs> oh, no. That's okay. He can have it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Tallman, I need you as my co commish You and Michael Benjamin keep me in line so we can have things be a two thirds vote. And so I'm not the only one taking the blame when I make changes in the league. But no, Chef, the pleasure is all ours. We really love having you on, like I said, sharing your insight. Um, I didn't want to invite myself to the trivia, but absolutely, I think we would be more than uh, thrilled. I know Michael would to uh, get a get a team together. And so just hit me up, tweet me, whatever. We can, sure. we can make it happen. Oh, we ready for the knowledge, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. So, Mike, while you got the mic, uh, what are your last thoughts? Uh, what do you want to say to the people before we head out for the night? Yeah, I got to echo the same sentiments. Chev, man, it is always a pleasure to have you, you know, come on, share your knowledge, spend some time with us and just chat, man. Just chat about football, man. We love this stuff too damn much. You know, we got to dive into it. Appreciate your time. Excited for this season to get going. A little disappointed, unfortunately, that the Cardinals didn't make it out to Pittsburgh in the time frame that we were going to be out there for Chris's bachelor party. But we're still going to get out there and watch that Monday night football game, Browns versus Steelers. That's going to be crazy. That'll actually be my first NFL game outside of Arizona. So I'm super excited to see what that experience is. And that's about a month away. So appreciate all y'all. Chris, Tallman, you know I love y'all, man. Sir, thank you, Michael Benjamin. I am stoked for that Monday night game. I'm right there with you. That's going to be my first Steelers game in uh, AccuSure Stadium now, no longer Heinz Field, um, but also first NFL game outside of uh, Arizona. So going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we can get some, uh, maybe maybe not a video blog, but check check the socials. Might get a little uh, TikTok or some uh, Facebook stories out there for you guys so you can follow along with us. Uh, we'll also be going to PNC Park to catch a Pirates-Yankees uh, game. So going to be a good weekend. Um, but Tallman, don't want to steal your thunder here. Uh, what do you got for the people? Yeah. Well, first I want to piggyback on what Mike said and Jeb, thanks man for giving us your time, your insight. You actually gave me something for a fantasy football draft that I didn't think about. I'm going to draft uh, Alvin Kamara on the third round and I'm not going to get on an elevator with him. Don't worry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't, I forgot that he was suspended. So I'm going to be on my first five picks, all running backs. I'm going to get him in, in one of those first five picks. And there you go. Everyone at home, come watch me totally butcher my draft <laughs> and draft probably five running backs in a row. I can't wait for it, though. It's going to be fun. Yeah. In the I, fourth round, James <laughs> Conner. In the fifth round, Ramon yes. Stevenson. And yeah. All that. yeah. 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 Tomlin will have all the running backs. I'll have to trade in my fourth string wide receiver for one of them or something like that. Awesome. Well, Chev, is there anything else you want to say? I want to just give you the final, uh, final thoughts on the floor here. 
Nope, man. Hey, if you play fantasy football, love it. I know it sucks sometimes when you're not playing well, but if you're a commissioner, make some incentive to where each week matters. If you, Maybe it's the highest score each week. Get $5 on the line. Who cares? Make it fun. Make there be a punishment for the loser. It's supposed to be a fun game. Don't make it too serious. Have fun. 2023 season's right here. Don't fall into the clickbait. There's too much clickbait out there right now, boys. Yes, sir. Man, I cannot stress that enough. So make sure you follow us so you can get the good insight, especially Chev. Follow him at ChevBoyRD and Dynasty Rewind on the Twitters and here on YouTube, Facebook. Of course, you know Valley Sports Plug, where you're watching right now on YouTube, and AZ underscore VSP on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, now X. But guys, it's been a lot of fun. Love having you all here. I am Chris Patrick for Mr. Benjamin, VSP Tallman, and Chevin Nooney. We'll see you next time. Peace.